welcome to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the program, and it is show number 151, and it is 2021. This is my first show uh, here in 2021. Happy to, uh, to be back. It was nice to take some time off, right? Uh, we always talk about unplugging as educators, and uh, we're actually doing it. Uh, or I did it over break. So that was really nice. Uh, super proud to be a member of the Education Podcast Network. Check out their podcast. Fantastic. My buddy, Chris Nessie. Also, Voicehead Radio Canada, part of that amazing group. And my buddy, Stephen Hurley. Great people doing great uh, work in the world of podcasts. Check out their podcasts uh, on there and support the work they're doing. Um, show number 151. We have an exciting guest today. Uh, someone with a lot of energy, and I love their logo, their brand, their motto, and the message they're going to bring. It's Amber Harper from uh, Indiana. Amber is the burned-in teacher. Amber and I uh, talked in our pre-show a little bit about the impact of COVID on teachers and educators, and uh, man, you know what? What a great uh, uh, way to kick off our new year and, and the show and uh, and her message. So we're going to meet Amber in a moment. And certainly grateful uh, to have gotten to know her and, and be on her show and, uh, and connect with her and her message. So, Amber, we're coming uh, quickly to you. Uh, quick commercial, uh, an upcoming three-part series workshop I got coming on here in uh, in February and March. It's through Saney's. Uh, forgive me, I couldn't get a color copy here, but one of my next workshops coming up, it's through Saney's. It's a three-part thing, um, and we are going to talk about improving communication, uh, navigating tough situations, and uh, our overall work as school leaders. Uh, so it's a three-part series, February 9th, 23rd, and the 9th of March. I hope you'll join me, and that is through Saney's, S-A-A-N-Y-S. Uh, that's the School Administrators Association of New York State. Uh, come check us out and check out the, that workshop. I'm looking forward to that, and I'm looking forward to meeting you. Welcome to our live uh, listeners and uh, viewers. We appreciate you being with us here live on Facebook here in the new year. So let's get rolling to show number 151. And I wanted to open with, I had a different theme that I scrapped, uh, but I wanted to open with the importance of our leadership, the consequences of our leadership, good and bad. And, and here as a, a proud American, uh, someone who believes in our country and our democracy, who believes in education, who believes in the good of others, uh, I was devastated yesterday to see what happened in our nation's capital, uh, to see what happened during this, uh, you know, the time of the changing of the election and the electoral votes and all of that. Like, it was gut-wrenching. This was challenging. Uh, it was upsetting. It was it was infuriating. Uh, there were so many emotions uh, that, that went through my mind, and it made me reflect on my leadership. I don't want to get political here on uh, education, leadership, and beyond, but uh, leadership is important. It is very important. I take my role as principal, uh, Port Jervis High School, very seriously, and I know that my actions, my decisions, my words have meaning. And they could impact others. And I constantly want to do it in a positive way. And to see what happened yesterday with the leadership and the words that that person said 
which what ignited what happened, just just awful. And uh, I'm looking forward to the new year. I'm, I'm, I believe in hope. Hold on, possibilities exist. And uh, just, um, you know, that was rough. Uh, but us as educators, teachers, I know we've got a lot of teachers watching today uh, with, with Amber and her, and her work, uh, that uh, our message is important. Uh, the words we say, the, the things to other people, very important. So uh, know that good leadership matters, your leadership matters. And uh, that's enough for my opening segment. Let's meet Amber here, uh, the burned in teacher. We're going to bring her into the program. And here she is, Amber. Welcome to Education Leadership Beyond. Thank you so much, Andrew. I'm so honored to be here. Yeah, thrilled to have you. Can't wait to talk about your message and, and get to know you a little bit better. But Amber, we'll start with, you know, what were your thoughts yesterday? What were your emotions yesterday on that scene in Washington, D.C.? You know, honestly, speechless. Yeah. Disgusted, angry, um, sad. You know, I was just chatting with some people on Instagram and DMs, and um, it was—it's just—it's been an exhausting day. It was an exhausting yeah. afternoon, evening yesterday, and then to wake up and to to continue to push through is really, really difficult today. It's hard. Um, it's hard to continue to show up and to know what to say. And, you know, it's, it's no different from me talking with you about it than it is a teacher to students, you know. Um, you just you just have to come at it from a place of what, what am I in control of here? And, and yesterday, I will, you know, it's interesting that you just talked about your leadership because what you say and where you say it matters. You're a leader of a school. Teachers are leaders of classrooms. What you say and how you conduct yourselves in these times of hardship are the most important. And I, I think that, well, I know that that is true because yesterday, um, you know, I, I made a post on Instagram and it wasn't, it was, it was a, a hasty post out of anger and frustration and disappointment. And I, I didn't post it in a way that was productive or proactive. And it certainly didn't match my brand. Mm. And today I did what I would encourage any leader to do. You face up to it and you say, I was wrong and I was misinformed. And although I stand by my belief that that type of behavior, their actions were absolutely unbelievably disgusting and disappointing and, and caused so much unnecessary frustration across the country and the world. But I, I was wrong in repeating information that I thought was accurate that wasn't. And I'm sorry. And those two words, I'm sorry, if you honestly mean them, which means you're going to be careful in the future is really, really important. People need to know you're not perfect. You know, nobody's perfect. Everybody makes mistakes. And I think that coming from a place of grace coming together um, rather than being, you know, I, I said, as we were kind of talking together here for a minute before we jumped on here is that we have this proverbial jar of hate and I got shook yesterday. I got shook. And I think it's important to, to own up to it when you make a mistake as a leader and to not say things out of frustration. And if you, if you can't say anything proactive or productive, don't just, just wait, just wait until you can be calm about it. Yeah. 
I agree 100%. And it was raw emotion, and you owned up to it, uh, mm. but it was raw emotion. My, my dog heard it during our walk uh, <laughs> last night. Uh, but Amber, let's introduce yourself. You're the burned-in teacher, Indiana. Um, you know, introduce yourself to our audience. I know we'll get to know you a little more during the show, but but who are you and what is the Burned In message? Mm, thank you. Well, I am a wife. I am a mother. I am a teacher. I don't teach full time in the classroom anymore, but I get to work with teachers every single day. And it is it has been the, the best job. I love it so much. I have lived in Indiana most of my life. I live in Northeast Indiana, so we still get what's called lake effect snow. I don't know if anybody else is familiar with that. Um, but we, uh, yeah, it's it's cold and dreary and, and gross here right now, but I'm, I'm use, I continue to use my own burden strategies in situations like what happened yesterday and to check myself. And I created Burned In Teacher in 2016 out of my burnout while I was still teaching full time. And I taught for two full years after I created Burned In Teacher um, as, you know, as somebody who was not only teaching first graders, but who was educating herself and learning and um, it and ended up being a podcast and a book and a process and coaching and, and all of that. So Burned In Teacher is... Um, I practice it every single day. And um, it's, it's situations like this that makes it so important to have planned for how you're going to handle yourself in the face of hardship. Yeah. And it's okay. You know, you can forgive yourself and, uh, Absolutely. and I forgive you. Uh, but where did the, uh, again, we were talking like, you know, you hear burned out, right? And burned out is such a negative thing and all. And it's just associated with overwhelming and exhaustion. And, uh, but where did you? kind of come up with the burned in model. I love it. I love the, the slogan and the and what it stands for. Thank you. So burned in, I created, uh, like I said, out of my own burnout. And uh, I, I try to make this, the story is a 12 year journey, honestly, Andrew. It was from the, the day I stepped into my very first classroom of my own um, until up until now, because I have gone through burnout, even as a teacher burnout coach. Um, this time last year, I was in a severe severe around a season of, of burnout. And I created it because I went to a conference that I didn't want to go to and felt like I couldn't say no. And it ended up being the biggest fire lit in me that, um, that I ever had experienced as a teacher. I went to a Google conference and I decided I was going to become a Google certified educator and trainer and then an innovator, which I didn't even know existed. And um, on our way home, I had fallen asleep because we were up a little too late, like you know, like you are with your teacher friends. <laughs> you go to a conference, and uh, I woke up and I thought, "Burned in teacher," and I had I felt like I'd been searching for my true purpose for years. Um, not that I wanted to leave education or the classroom. I didn't know what I wanted. I just needed a change of some kind, and I thought, "Burned in teacher," because it was 180 degrees the opposite of how I was feeling on the way down to that conference. Mm -hmm. And at that time, it wasn't an eight step process. It wasn't a podcast. It wasn't a, It wasn't part of Hacking Teacher Burnout. It was just a place where I wanted to create for teachers to come and tell their stories. And I wanted to be honest and vulnerable about my story, but I didn't want to be negative. I wanted to take ownership over my burnout and to do something about it. So I blogged about how I was using Google in my classroom and becoming a Google certified educator. But I also talked about my struggle with burnout and how I believed it was my responsibility to take care of my own burnout. And not that I was going to do, a, do it in isolation, 
uh, because that's where I had fought for years against the burnout in isolation. Oh, I would talk about it. I would vent about it and how awful things were and how terrible the principle was and all. Da, 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 da. But it never, it never came to a head. It never came to a result. It, it only resulted in me being more frustrated, more burned out. And I wanted to change the conversation. So that's where that all started to happen. And I know on your website, it's great. Certainly check it out, Burned In Teacher. But you, there's a test, right? You, you give a, a you know an assessment there. So what would you say, Amber, for those listening that might feel fatigued, that might feel tired? You know, what are some of the characteristics that you see people that are burned out? Mm -hmm. Well, there's the negativism, the cynicism, the hopelessness, um, the feel, the you know, feeling cynical that nothing will work for you. The only option is to quit the exhaustion, the consistent frustration, the helplessness, um, overwhelmed. The word overwhelm comes comes up so much, so much yeah. to do, not enough time to do it, where you feel helpless. You know, like I just mentioned, you know, about, you know, what happened yesterday. You just feel like, what's even the point? What's next? And um, so what I'm describing right now is what I consider a, a stage zero or one of burnout. So I have five stages of burnout. So if anybody ever asks what a burned in teacher is, I first tell them what a burned in teacher is not. And that's 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 where you start. And, you know, for people that roll their eyes when I talk to them or, you know, if, if I'm doing a virtual talk with a school or if they hear me on a podcast, I tell people if you're rolling your eyes and you're saying this would never work for me. That's a stage zero. That's a stage one. And that's okay. It's okay to be where you are. But there's a path for you to move through this and grow through this burnout. Because when I was really challenged and struggling and depressed and anxious and, and frustrated, and I still deal with anxiety today, I'm not going to lie. I, I don't know how you couldn't right now. But when I was there in that space and I would Google, you know, teacher burnout. I would see signs and symptoms, and then I would see go for a run, drink more water, eat healthy food. I did all of those things, Andrew. I lost, you know, before I was a teacher, I lost 100 pounds after we had our first daughter by running and eating healthily and taking care of myself. I knew how to do that, and I was still miserable. Mm. So I could not find a solution that not only worked for me once, but something that I could consistently come back to anytime I felt like I was being truly challenged, like yesterday, to say, okay, I need to, I need to go to step one here. How long has this been frustrating me? How long have I been in this space mentally, physically, emotionally? And what triggered it? How did I get here? Because for me, I'm I'm a I power through things. I'm like, you know, I don't even and that is that is a blessing and a curse. I will say this is not going to stop me. But in cases with burnout, you have to stop. You have to stop and acknowledge it and, and get vulnerable and have a conversation that is saying, okay, this is happening and I can't continue to ignore it. I have to do something about it. And um, and that's what I lacked. And that that's, again, where Burned In Teacher came from. That's why I say it was a 12-year journey because I had searched for years and I couldn't find anything that spoke directly to me as an educator when it came to getting the support and the strategies that I needed to, to do more than power through. Yeah. And that the word support leads me to my next question, Amber, as a school leader, uh, you know, how, how can we as school leaders help support our teachers that may be feeling some of these symptoms? Mm -hmm. 
So it's uh, interesting too, because this goes along with kind of our conversation we were having off camera earlier. Show up, show, show your face, be present and don't be surprised if you think that everything is okay, but then you have somebody who comes to you when they're finally ready because everybody's different. I think this is what's really important to note is that not all teachers have the same personality type. Not all of them are comfortable opening up about their challenges. And I've talked to some principals who say, everything's fine in my school, but I've talked to their teachers and everything's not fine. And, and I'm not saying that you have to feel like you can just go to your principal about anything. But what I am saying is for leaders like you and my husband, who's an elementary school principal, make yourself visible and present. So if they're ready, they know that you're that you care and that you're there for them. And when I say show up, I mean, show your face, show up, show up in their classrooms, not just for an observation, you know, talk to them on a personal level, let them know that you're struggling too, and that you're being affected by these, by these challenges. And don't, don't fake it, be authentic. And when you make a mistake, own up to it, say you're sorry, apologize, be a human, you know, we're all doing the best we can with what we have. And in, especially in situations of the last 10 months and yesterday and this past summer, you know, we have no other choice than to be human beings together and to connect on that human level. I think that's great. I agree with you. And, and one of the things I've been trying to do here in 2021, you know, certainly investing right in people's families. Uh, and not just saying, how are your children, right? Mm -hmm. I see Amber Harper, you know, how is Hannah at, at Indiana? How is it going for her? How's Avery? How's, you know, how's school? She's 12 years old. How is that? Knowing people's names. You know, I got I got ADD and I go all over. Uh, so I try to focus on those names. So one of the things I've been doing is putting the names in the context yeah. of the person. Because to me, when people say, well, how are your children? Versus how are Claire, Matthew, and Tessa? Mm -hmm. It just, I don't know, there's something, it's a, it's a next, it's a next level. And it's a simple connection. Yeah. People, people want to matter. They want to know that you see them. You know, I think of, of all of this that we, that we could say is that I see you, you know, I, I really hear you and I care to hear you, you know, whether or not you agree, whether or not, you know, you're on a different page, you know, people want to, kids, you know, this is why kids act out. You know, they want to be seen. They want to be heard. Yeah. And um, when they don't feel seen and heard, they're going to make themselves seen and heard. A lot of them anyway. Sure. Amber, we are in an unprecedented time and, and we're seeing, unfortunately, consequences like we saw yesterday. Mm -hmm. uh, but what would you think, you know, how is this going to affect? We know how it is affecting teachers, but in the long term, right, for the whole other rest of this year, how, how is this going to affect our teachers? There's a lot of trauma. There was already a lot of trauma, yeah. um, secondary trauma, you know, in addition to your own personal traumas, our own losses that we're going through personally. You know, we've lost over 300,000 people to COVID and there's no way that teachers aren't being affected by this. You know, obviously teachers have lost their lives. So we're losing people personally and in our professional relationships, um, students, are, are losing parents and grandparents. And, you know, there's a lot of loss happening in addition to the, the other secondary traumas that we're feeling, you know, we still, because all of this, none of the trauma from before is going away. 
Yeah. And um, I think that this is where it's most important that we slow down, which happens to be my word of the year, because we can't continue to pretend like because we I said this the other day, just because we threw that cute 2020 cat calendar away does not mean that all of our trouble is going to go away. And yeah. yesterday proved it. I heard somebody say today it's day 37 of uh, of, of uh, December. So it's <laughs> it's just we can't pretend. We can't pretend our way through this. Yeah. We can be kind. We can be vulnerable, and we can acknowledge the fact that we're that we're dealing with things that we've never dealt with before. Um, and I think that's one thing that's going to be really important is that we all slow down and acknowledge the trauma, get the help that we need. Because, um, like I said, I mean. Powering through this is only going to take you so far. You know, when people burn out because they have so much going on in their head and their heart, it's not that they wake up one day and it's like, okay, this is too much. It's been going on for a long time, weeks, months, years, you name it. And when we don't take time to slow down and say, I'm, I'm going to quit telling myself that I don't have time to, to, to practice true self-care because scrolling through Instagram Binge watching Netflix, drinking a bottle of wine, that is not self-care. That's numbing. That's self-indulgence and in some cases, self-destruction. And we have to really acknowledge what is true self-care because a bubble bath is nice. It really is. Getting your nails done is really nice. Going for a run is great for your body. But all of those, all of those things are temporary. Yeah. We have to take care of the long-term type of self-care, the long-term effects of all of these traumas that we're going through and get them out in the open, have a good cry, and then really think deeply about when this started for you. Because a lot of, you know, a lot of, in a lot of cases, the burnout started before COVID, we even knew what COVID was. And now this is just, we haven't, we haven't acknowledged, we haven't had the hard conversations. We have not set ourselves up for success. Um, before all of this happened, and now this is just adding to it. Yeah. So really thinking about what does self-care truly mean to you, and is it self-care, or is it self-indulgence, or self-destruction? And in terms of slowing down, Amber, for you personally, you know, you're busy. You yeah. are coaching. You mastermind. Your book, uh, all of the workshops you're doing, the speaking, podcasting. You know, how do you balance? To what is your what are some of your hacks in terms of your own personal schedule to, to build in that time? That's a really good question. And I will say I'm not perfect, but I know that I can and will do better. But one thing that has changed my life, and I started doing this when I was teaching, I heard about this idea of batching and blocking. And it changed my life. Batching is the act of putting like tasks together. So the easiest way to explain this is, you know, if you're going to leave the house, to go get groceries, what else could you do while you're out and about so you don't have to leave again? Do you need to run to the post office? Do you need to, you know, where else do you need to go, you know, while you're out and about? So you don't have to come home and then leave again. Um, for teachers, typically what it is is, okay, if you're going to sit down to grade, you're going to grade, and then you're also going to put things like entering the grades, offering feedback. You're going to put all of those things together into one batch, okay? Mm -hmm. Then communication goes along with email, making phone calls, that kind of stuff. You, you, you batch those things together. 
and uh, planning and prepping. If you're planning and prepping, okay, what are you going to do to complete the, the cycle of one full prep? So prepping, planning, whether it's making copies, making a virtual lesson, recording a video, whatever that is, what can you do to fully uh, batch something together so it's done and ready? And then in my calendar, I block all of these things in my calendar. I have a Google Cal—I use Google Calendar. You can do this with with Microsoft as well. But I have different sub calendars with different colors where I put things. So, for example, podcasting—I don't just randomly do a podcast. I have a time blocked in my schedule each week where I try to get at least two done um, so that I'm ahead of schedule in case life happens. You know, um, and actually, I'll quote Bob Knight here. The will to succeed is important, but what's most important is the will to prepare. And that quote is so true. You know, we have to set ourselves up for success. And what this batching and blocking does, it it helps you to prioritize. Does this have to be done? Does this have to be done now? Does it have to be done this way? Um, Because a lot of times when I talk to teachers and they're overwhelmed, and have a lot to do, and I will preface this like I always do, I am not pretending to know your day-to-day life or your responsibilities or your your season. This is not coming from a place of judgment. This is coming from the burned-in teacher coach. Really think about when your plate is so full, that is an analogy I hear all the time, is it because nobody else is taking away things off your plate or you are not taking things off of your plate? And this could be personally and professionally. You know, we are not only exhausted at school, we are exhausted with the endless list of to-dos that we have set for ourselves outside of school. And so it's time for us to really, and and we have this thing called idleness aversion here in America. Have you ever heard of that that before? I I haven't, but I'm I'm guessing what you're going to say here. So idleness aversion is this belief that if we are sitting and doing nothing, if we go for a walk, be before, during, or after school, okay? If we are just doing nothing or doing something that we do out of pure joy, that we are lazy and worthless because we're not making or doing something else for somebody else. And and it's a, it's its own pandemic in itself, Andrew. I'm it's guilty. A, I'm guilty. <laughs> right? I'm guilty, I mean, yeah. It's, it's really uh, it's really sad that when we are sitting doing nothing that we're like, oh, I really should be getting this done or I should, you know, how many times have you taken that bag home or, you know, the, the, that metaphorical teacher basket on rollers home and you're like, I don't even want to touch it. We take it home because we tell ourselves a story as teachers that if I'm not doing something at home, I must be doing something wrong. And that's not true. Yeah. And the being present, I, you know, and that's that's been a positive here with COVID. I, I feel that. I mean, I know you you have a, a, a middle child and, and an older child, and I got mine are you know my age is there, 14, 12, and, and nine. I, I'm really trying to be present, but that's one of the things that has been nice to be home, not have to go anywhere, not really do anything. I, I've worn sweatpants more in the past uh, 12 months than I've ever worn in my. My whole life, but that's been a nice. Uh, You're wearing sweatpants now, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been uh, that's been nice to to have that time at home. But I've been guilty of that idleness. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's okay not to do work. It's not. It's okay not to work. And I'm as guilty as anybody because, and I, it, it's both again a blessing and a curse because we associate our worthiness with what we do. 
we attach ourselves so strongly to who we are as a teacher and what we are contribu contributing that we forget that we, we are a human who needs rest who needs to disconnect because the thing the, the sad thing is too if we are home more which is which is number one the biggest benefit to covid right we are home more which is what we need but we still have these <laughs> which takes us basically out of our home yeah. right um so that's that's another you know that's something else we can all work on is check your screen time because if you're complaining about not having enough time to do everything, check your screen time. Because it's really interesting how many hours will show up for Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatnot, when, you know, and if you're saying you don't have time for anything else, you don't have time to take care of yourself, just check it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not judging you. I'm just encouraging you to do something you not want to do in order to see different results. The name is escaping me, but did you see the social dilemma or the social network? Uh, did you watch it? Not the whole thing. We, we got about halfway through and we were watching it at night and I fell asleep and we haven't picked it back up. But yeah, it's it's real. We're going to watch it with our children because it is that scrolling and then the stuff and they hook you in. And, uh, oh, they do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But one of the things you're doing working with teachers is our smaller groups, these, these masterminds, which really have become much more popular. Uh, these days. Tell me about the design of yours and like, what is an outcome? What is, if, if someone's taking your mastermind, you know, what is, what are some of the outcomes they can expect? Yeah. So a definite outcome is feeling at not feeling is truly believing that you have control over three things in your life. The first is beliefs. You have a choice and control over your beliefs. Beliefs are choices choices can be changed. So we, we will talk all about, I mean, the burned in process is based on these three foundational pillars of these three choices. Okay. Beliefs. You have, you have to believe that you are 100% responsible for your time. You choose every single minute of your day. Yes, you have contract hours, but you choose to be a teacher where you are. You do. And, um, and you choose what you do after your contract hours. That is a choice. Okay. And this can get kind of touchy, right? Kind of some ouch moments. But when you, number one, believe you choose your beliefs, you believe that you choose how you use your time, and you believe that you are 100% responsible for your actions every day. Your pro actions, your reactions, they are 100% on you. And when you're faced with hardship and challenges, like, for example, if you're challenged by classroom behavior, poor classroom behavior, it is your choice to choose to learn more about your students, to choose how you're going to become better at classroom management. I don't like the word management because that's just like telling a principal as a leader that you're just a manager and that is just not, that's the worst, right? But that you are a leader who needs to develop relationships. And if you don't know how to do that, you get to choose to become an expert in that. You get to choose and experiment with building relationships with students to, to see what where that disconnect is. And that's just one example. Or if you have a poor relationship with your principal, it's your choice how you become an expert in getting to know your principal. Or, um, or if you've realized that this is just, it's a toxic culture and it's not a good place for you, you know, because unfortunately, Andrew, I'm sure you know it's true. There's some very toxic cultures out there in schools whether it be one school in a district or an entire district. 
And that's where you are. You get to choose. You get to choose if you stay. You get to choose if you're going to try some things, which I definitely suggest you do first. You try doing something different to get different results. Mm -hmm. And you get to choose how you use your time. And you can use that time. And I'm kind of going in different places of a burned-in process. But you don't have to learn things just by going to a conference or if your principal sends you to a PD session. There are podcasts about everything out there under the sun. There are audible books. There are podcasts like Burn and Teacher and, you know, and, and your podcast too, where you can learn anything that you truly want to learn. And I love what you just said about the choice to build a relationship with the principal. I, uh, me, being on the other side of that, I'm constantly trying to build these relationships and mm -hmm. some are more receptive than others. Uh, but I like that, that it is a two-way street and people can have the choice to, to better build that relationship. Right. Right. The challenge becomes if you're at a stage zero or one, when you become so negative and so apathetic because you may be surrounded by it, it's very, very difficult to get out of that. You have to truly want it. Um, and that's where the teacher burnout quiz is really, really helpful. Um, and typically, whenever people take it, there may be a one, there may be at a stage one, build your spark because they are searching for something different and they'll come across this. But automatically, when they get validated, like, holy cow, I'm burned and over it. Like, I'm not crazy. I'm not just burned out. I have a really negative perspective about things. And, and it's okay. And I can move through this. Um, they'll go to a stage three right away where they're like, oh, maybe there is hope for me. You know? Um, so I think that's a really important point to make here is that teachers who are negative are not ne necessarily bad people. Yeah. They're going through a bad time and they, they deserve as much respect and empathy as the teacher down the hall who's just killing it, who's coming in with a smile on his or her face every day. You know, the, people are going through some stuff and we don't know what battles people are fighting either. And that, that includes our teachers, our principals, our custodians, everybody. We don't know what people are going through. So it's, it would, it's unfair to assume that that a teacher who is just struggling at a stage zero of burnout is just, they're just a bad person because it's not true. Absolutely. And you got to believe to support them. And, and, and I, I hear you. you, people are going through some stuff. Amber, you had talked about being responsible for your own actions, your own choices, you know, and you had an experience as a, as a teenager, uh, yeah. you had your, the birth of your first daughter and uh, really propelled your life uh, towards success, uh, where so many times people use that as a crutch or a negative uh, and or, you know, uh, choose different courses with, with the baby, you know, but you excelled from that experience. You want to share a little bit about that journey? And, uh, and thank you for, you know, it's a very personal story uh, for you and your husband. And uh, I appreciate you sharing. Yeah, of course. So I graduated from high school in June of 2001. And my you, husband and I had you're our growing the year out there too. <laughs> no shame, no shame. <laughs> so I graduated high school in June of 2001, and we had our first daughter in August of 2001. About two months to the to the day wow. of of high school graduation, and I'm going to tell you why, Andrew. I did. I got my best grades that year. It it ignited me in a way that um, I just I wanted to. I wanted to exceed 
far exceed people's expectations of, of me and my future. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't even, it wasn't even a thought for, for Jeff and I to, to continue our, our goals of going to college. Um, he was a, a college freshman at Purdue. And coincidentally, our daughter is now a freshman at IU. But um, <laughs> so we just we we set our we planned we we said we're not we're not going to stop. You know this is this is more of a motivation to to go to college and and become teachers and and just go for it. And there was not a day that went by that we even dreamed of of quitting. And um, I think what you were saying earlier, you know, when people go through hardship, they use it as a crutch. I say. I, I had no excuse. In fact, having her was an excuse not to quit. And I, I could, there's no way that I could say that I can't go to college now. Yeah. Um, and I believe in, in a lot of situations, it's a euphemism where I, I won't. I don't want to do the hard thing. And, um, and that, that might be another ouch moment, but it's true. I guarantee if you say something that you can't do, if you break it down enough, it comes down to, I just, I'm not willing to do it. I'm not willing to do the hard thing. I can't work out. I have no time. I'm going to be honest with you here. There was a time where I could have said that, but instead I got up every morning at 4.15 to work out for an hour because there, there would be no time in my day to do that. Um, I can't go to college because I have a baby. Listen, and I'm going to say too, nobody helped us. Nobody helped us. We had supportive families. We had jobs. We went to class. We had a family. And it was hard. But it was it was so worth it. It was so worth it. And it made us stronger, too. That's an inspirational story to see. And now the work you're doing and helping other people. Uh, uh, good for you and your husband. And, and Hannah is blessed. To, to, you know, and, and it's just great. I really uh, I, I wanted to ask you about that. And I'm, I thank you for sharing that. Of course. Beautiful. My pleasure. Beautiful. Well, let's roll here, uh, Amber. This has been great. I can't believe 40 minutes uh, just I like know. <laughs> But let's, let's roll uh, on to rapid fire. Um, and these are quick answers. These are, uh, you know, things that uh, the first thing that pops to your head, okay? All right. Let's do you it. Ready? Yep. Okay. Here we go. The last book you read. I am currently reading High Performance Habits by Brendan Burchard. Okay. You recommend it? Oh my gosh, highly recommend it. Ah, okay. Uh, last movie you saw? Uh, we just started The Theory of Everything the other night, the story of Stephen Hawking. Oh, nice. I am it's guilty. Also you mentioned binge watching. We did binge watch the uh, uh, the gamut, the Queen's Gambit. <laughs> oh my goodness, I should have said that one. That's technically not a movie, oh. but I actually. My husband, I said, I actually want to watch it again. It was, <laughs> it was great. So it was great. really great. Yeah. Favorite place to travel? Hawaii. Wow. Have you been there for burned in teacher work or is it just? Uh, oh, my goodness. I could only dream of being flown out to Hawaii to do burned in teacher work. That would just be icing on the cake. No, um, we were. My husband and I went um, a few years ago by ourselves. I consider it our honeymoon, honestly, because wow. we never went on one. Yeah. Um, and then our girls back, not this past summer, but in 2019. Okay. Uh, you mentioned a lot of your passions, things that, that make you go and get you going. What is something that gets under your skin? What's, something, what's a pet peeve of yours? We actually already talked about it. 
excuses. Yeah. Really do get on my skin. Um, now, and I will not say that there's sometimes not a good excuse, but I think that a lot of times I think we can, I think we can find a way. Your best morning routine tip. Plan for my morning routine. Okay. I want to say plan for your water consumption and your movement. Um, I fill up one of these every day. Um, I did school. I two gallons at a time to school so that I would always have water. Um, I always get up and, and work out in the morning too. First thing. Okay. My wife got me hooked on uh, hot water and lemon. Oh yeah. And uh, put apple cider vinegar in it too. I, I like it. Uh, favorite, thing about, favorite thing about Indiana. Oh my goodness. I would have to say that my, all of my, all of my family, except for my brother lives here. Oh, that's nice. Where's your brother at? He's in Florida. Okay. Well, that was your, that you were born in Florida. That's okay. I was born in Florida. Yep. And now he's back there and he rubs it in our face. Time he can. <laughs> Bob, Bob Knight, hero or villain? Oh, the verdict is out. Honestly, I just quote him because because you really caught me on that one. I don't know a lot about him. I, of course, know that, you know, all of the things, the chair throwing and the horrible temper. Um, but he did, over his career, have 902 wins over 371 losses. So in terms of wins versus losses, he's a hero. Um, I don't know if I know him well enough to make a complete judgment. Calling somebody a villain is a really, really harsh word. <laughs> You know, and, and I'm a hoops guy, I'm a former college basketball official, and they really, he's, you hate him or you love him, but most people from Indiana love him, love him, love him right? did yeah. Indiana basketball, and, uh, but he's, and he, uh, wrote a book too. he wrote a book called The Power of Negative Thinking, which really like made me raise my eyebrows, hmm. so I think he just has a different way of looking at things yeah. that maybe we don't quite understand. Best purchase under a hundred bucks that has had a great impact on your life. Okay. This was the first self-help book I ever read. And it's a big one, but it changed my life. I read this in 2014 and I had never heard of Anthony Robbins before, Tony Robbins. Um, but it just opened my eyes to a different way of being. That was under a hundred bucks. And these are all books that are under a hundred dollars that have also changed my life. So I love it. Just, uh, all, all leaders are readers. Good for you. Thanks. Something about Amber Harper that people do not know about. Okay. Both of my grandparents, both sets, were from the Amish culture. Oh, wow. So, my, grandparents, um, my dad's parents, my grandparents, um, they were Amish until he was born. He was the only child born not Amish. Um, and then my mom's parents, my that side, they were Amish as children, and then um, they became English. So I have a very strong Amish heritage. Yeah. What's a what's a tradition mm -hmm. that maybe you you keep or you know something that you do to to represent that heritage? Really strong family bond. Nice. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, give us a burned in hack. You know, if you, if you could just offer one burned in tip to, 
to teachers, if you could only give them one, which one would you give them? Pay attention. Pay attention to where you spend your time and who you spend it with. Mm. You are the average of the five people that you hang around with the most, which is, this is a double dip question and answer because that's also one of my favorite quotes <laughs> because it's so true. You can hang around with people who tear you down. Those are the crabs in your life, or you can choose to spend time with people who build you up and um, it matters. It, you don't get to choose who you teach with, but you do get to choose who you intentionally spend your time with. That was awesome. That was I offered one, and you built in some others around it while <laughs> answering the question. Very well done. Uh, that was awesome. Thank Pay you. attention the way you said that. Uh, I thought that was great. Amber, you shared a lot. Um, is there something else that you wanted to share for, for people, something I didn't ask you, or, or one last message for people out there? I just want you to say that it's okay to feel the way that you're feeling right now. It's okay. You're not a bad person. I told myself for years that I was so ungrateful and how dare you feel this way when you have so much to be grateful for. And, um, and that type of self-talk did nothing. I was my worst. I was my own worst influencer there. It, Talk to yourself in a kind way. Show yourself grace. You cannot show anybody else grace if you don't show yourself grace first. Um, the way that you talk to yourself will reflect your your other your thoughts. Your beliefs about yourself will affect your thoughts, which then affects your actions, your words, your habits, and your destiny. And that's kind of another quote. So. Amen. Amen. Amber, you have a lot to offer. You have a wonderful message. How can people learn more about you or, or, or get in touch with you? Um, of course, you can go to burnandteacher.com. All of my information is there. Everything that I offer to help teachers, um, the mastermind, one-to-one -one coaching, the podcast, Burn and Teacher podcast. Uh, you can find me on social media anywhere at Burned and Teacher. And you can email me at support at burnedinteacher.com. So I'm the only Burned and Teacher out there. So you can't miss me. And you're, and you're growing more and more burned in teachers. I appreciate it. You stay on the line. Guys, this was show number 151. Amber Harper, what a beautiful message, uh, beautiful story. And uh, I love the work you're doing, Amber. Thank you. And right back at you, Andrew. Cool. You stay on the line. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. If I could help you uh, anyway, I'm at Andrew Murata 21 on Twitter. Uh, I hope to see you at my Saney's uh, workshops there starting in February. Check that out, S-A-A-N-Y-S. And uh, thanks, everybody. Be well. And let me try not to screw up this music here. Here we go. <laughs>